Got it. Got, Got it. it. Yeah. Like it's so proper. You're responding to a robot lady, but you're talking like a, a Bronx construction worker <laughs> and like Got a really it. heavy. Forget East about Coast. a robot lady. <laughs> that's how they talk in the Bronx. I don't know. <laughs> According to Futurama, that's how construction workers talk, but that's also a thousand years in the future. So well, Futurama is an excellent source for anything. Yeah, so. absolutely. citizens of earth welcome to the accelerative thrust podcast yeah uh, i told you i was going to be semi-serious with the intro this time uh, it was semi 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 yes so uh my name is dan and i'm eric and, and we're we with say wait let's both say it together <laughs> wait we're gonna say it why doesn't he say his own name why oh yeah uh, he you can. have relinquished all rights Sam. <laughs> yeah. You well, do not exist anymore. Once you consented consented to record. Okay, so let's on the count of three. Why don't you say your name, Sam? Okay. One, two, wait, three. Wait. Sam Kester. Oh, wow. There it is, Sam. There it is. In all its glory. He did it. <laughs> it's there. Wow. Uh that that is some really good information uh for this episode. Um so for those of you, speaking of information, for those of you who don't know Sam, which I bet a lot of you uh, do, probably all of you who are listening, I bet, probably know Maybe. Sam Kester. Uh, but who knows if you don't? Uh, Sam Kester has been active in the uh, Midwestern music scene for quite some time, specifically Iowa, Illinois, Quad Cities. Uh, currently plays drums and heavyweight and still standing, which if I'm not, if I'm, if I remember correctly, still standing is going to be playing their final show coming up soon. Sam, is that correct? That is, that is true. Uh, okay. We kind of uh, came to a head on a few things. We had some member changes and then uh, tried making it work out. And then it basically got to the point where it became more work than fun at that mm -hmm. point. So yeah. we all had other projects we kind of wanted to work on and everything. And so that's, we're kind of putting everything kind of on hold and mm. deciding that we're just going to bring back uh, some members and do a final show for the time being. Sure. Cool. When is that final show, Sam? No clue. No clue. So no you guys clue. are still in the process. Yeah, of no, it was, I mean, it, it, it involved a lot of like reaching out to the past members and having a conversation with them, which everybody's on board. Mm -hmm. um, but um it's a matter of going back because in the past two years that uh, was when we did the member changes and in those two years during covid we actually recorded an entire uh ep with the new members but we haven't really touched any of the old songs because mm -hmm. uh, we were basically writing a whole the whole record and just using those songs going forward um so we're, we're definitely have to get together and work on the old stuff and whatnot we're sure. hoping it'll be by the end, by the end of this year, if not the beginning of next year. Hmm. Okay, nice. well that's cool. Um, and is heavyweight? Uh, how's heavyweight doing as far as uh, new stuff playing and whatnot? We um, we actually right before um, uh, 
COVID shutdowns, uh, we actually recorded um, a new EP at uh, mm. Flat Black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, we've done nothing with it <laughs> since ah. then. Um, we were kind of on the fence on about a few things about uh, remixing it and possibly recording some things and whatnot. And um, we just kind of been sitting on it. Right now, it's, it's actually at uh, the other producer who's going to be mastering it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of need to stay with, with him and hopefully get that thing out here pretty soon. Cool. Okay. cool. And you can actually kind of support it maybe now too. Yeah. And now, and now, you know, the one thing is, is I remember I've got, I've got a lot of questions about, you know, how bands are dealing with like the whole pandemic thing and mm-hmm. whatnot. And I remember sitting there telling them, I go and, and yeah, you know, you know, a lot of us can't go out and, play shows and everything like that i go however we were what it mainly did was it gave bands that actually do the thing where they always say they'll go play a show and they'll go okay this is our last show before we go and we're going to go focus on writing right and all Mm -hmm. of a sudden they get offered another show and then they go play that show and then they never really get around to writing so in a way it was like i kind of looked at like the shutdown is like okay it gives i mean you have no choice now Right. Yeah. To write and, you know, possibly record or anything like that and just kind of work on stuff. And to be completely honest with you, Heavyweight squandered that time so yeah. <laughs> Um We just did, I mean, obviously when like the pandemic first hit, like we kept our distance because we know we didn't know what we were dealing with. Mm-hmm. And um, we went, I know still standing went like three months without, without even practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of turned into, we, we actually started, uh, demoing stuff back and forth to each other without actually going into the practice space mm-hmm. um yeah. heavyweight didn't take as long but i mean we we you know i think we took about a month and a half before we actually got back together and then we just didn't really like we we kind of squandered it we were we'd work on a few things and then all of a sudden schedules or you know whatever mm-hmm. kept us away from each other for a while so yeah um the odd thing is, is now the stuff is starting to open back up and hopefully stay open. Um, mm-hmm. We're starting to get more stuff done now. Right. Than when we actually had the time to do nothing but focus on it. I, I think that's a funny thing, though, like in all of the pandemic, like everyone always said, oh, if I had the time, I would do this or that or the other thing. And it's like once we actually had the time, a lot of us were like, you know, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Like, yeah. And that's okay too. You know, it's just like, you think, you know what you're going to be like in a situation. And then when you're in it, you're like, you know, actually I haven't watched everything on Netflix. So, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think a lot of us found, found ourselves in that situation because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of us had never really been in that situation where we were able to watch everything on Netflix. Right. Yeah. So it's like, well, what can I accomplish today? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, I've only seen the whole series of Scrubs twice. Yeah. <laughs> Let's watch it three times. Yeah, sure. Why not? So, no, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's funny because um, within the past few months, I, I started a new job mm-hmm. that where I, mean, I work at Sterlite, which we, we make, storage totes and plastic products and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is right before I started, you know, I started right near the end of the uh, pandemic mm-hmm. and they were telling me that once it hit and they were, you know, they were expecting them to shut down and, you know, everyone wanted to like organize their garage and basement. 
So it was like, well, everyone's quarantined. I guess they just got a boom right. in business. They were just <laughs> shoving stuff out the door left and right. So yeah, it's like some people stayed busy with it and some people just vegetated and yeah. yeah. I think we all needed a break anyway. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> just yeah. as an entire human race. Just as people. Yeah, just exactly. as people, we all needed a break. <laughs> we, yeah. we it was just getting norm. too heavy. <laughs> For a while. I was like, come on, man. This is too much. Can this we is just, too much. Can we just chill for a year or so? Yep, absolutely. We needed a new normal for a year. Yeah. Uh, and then everything goes back to the real normal. So oh. the new normal was actually the fake normal. For real, though, I had like three things to do in a weekend. And I was like, fuck this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to be back here. You know, <laughs> like th Three whole things? It's yep. sucked. Yeah. In the same day? I have to wake up for a thing. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> too terrible. Yeah, I hate things. Oh, me too. I, I, yeah, I'm not a fan of things. Yeah, things are just terrible. They're the worst, as far as I can tell. <laughs> so, Everything uh, I hate is a thing. <laughs> um. So, uh, Sam, I want to touch on the uh, River City Collective. Um, now that started pre-COVID, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, I kind of got into it, and you know, and I've known you and Eric for years. Well, 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 well Danny, I've known you since kindergarten. Kindergarten, oh. yes. Um, <laughs> he used so, to come over to my house a lot. I did. And if you and knew I, me I, I, when I you were in kindergarten, I would have been graduated from high school. Probably. <laughs> um, but I, I, I used to go over to Danny's house and check out his Iron Maiden collection. Hell yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. But, uh, you know, so I, I I've been booking shows off and on uh, for a lot of years, and it just got to the point where I was I was mainly doing. If I wasn't booking my own band shows, I was booking shows for friends of mine coming into the area that just mm -hmm. needed a tour stop. Um, and it's got to a point where you know I'm not going to be able to go and play shows like as much as I want to. I can't tour all the time. I got two kids mm -hmm. and a full time job. Mm -hmm. and but i didn't really i didn't want to leave music mm -hmm. um, in any way shape or form so uh and that's kind of the one the good thing about heavyweight is the fact that everyone in that band has got like mature adult responsibilities mm -hmm. so like none of us really have none of us went into heavyweight with these like massive out of reach goals mm -hmm. of like we're going to be opening for you know mega death right like, by year's end or something it's like we have fun doing it well so then i kind of got into the point where i, I was booking i, I kind of got hit up with a slew of shows from friends of mine coming through the area and you know i just okay i'll, I'll, I'll book the show okay yeah, i'll book the show and i mean and then i kind of had like this moment where i go well you know i could you know actually do this and i could actually continue to do this and just keep bringing shows to the quad city area mm -hmm. And um, just kind of did those shows and it panned out and it was profitable. I mean, that's the whole point of doing this aside from, you know, bringing entertainment around. Mm -hmm. And so I just decided, you know, looked and get my LLC and do, doing it like as professional as possible, as professional as I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And um, just kind of go from there. And it, yeah, I mean, pre COVID it was, it was it was doing i was doing really well i was overdoing myself 
Because mm-hmm. there was a lot of times I was like, I look at you and go, I have like, I have like 12 shows in the next like <laughs> three months. And so it got to a point where I was like, I had to start like just turning stuff down because I was just going to burn myself out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a bunch of like really good shows booked and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And obviously that put the kibosh on a lot of things. And, um, it, but at the same time, it kind of gave me the, the, the time to kind of reflect and go, okay, you know, I don't have to book everything that's thrown mm-hmm. at me. I don't have to bring every band that wants to come through. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. Right. And, um, and, and just because I tell them no, this one time doesn't mean that they won't come back for another, another time. Um, so no, I mean, it's, it's once everything started opening back up, you know, I'll kind of get back into the thing, but I'm, I'm a little more cautious now. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it on, which is funny. I say that because I got like nine shows booked right now. But right. <laughs> yeah, but there you got some really good shows coming up. Like I mm-hmm. saw that you have the Hawthorne Heights one coming up with the uh, the Bomb Pops. Yeah, that one that was actually a reschedule from mm-hmm. uh, COVID. Um, I had them, and I had the Devil Wars Prada show that was booked, and uh, both those became victim to COVID, and. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hawthorne Heights one, I was able to rebook, um, and that one's next week. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and that one's doing pretty good. Like it, it, I sold so many tickets, I had to move the venue. Wow. And, wow, that's uh, awesome. Cool. Yeah, it was um, – I originally had it at the Village Theater and um, sold that out, and then, but there was still, like, a demand for people wanting tickets. Hmm. And obviously that's – you know, that's profitable. I mean, me moving to a bigger venue involves more expense. I just had mm-hmm. to figure out, I, I had to crunch the numbers on that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it wasn't crazy and it wasn't um, unheard of. So, I mean, we decided to move to a bigger venue. So I said, that'll be next week. That's at the yeah. Rust Belt in East Moline. So that's a big place. I was just there for the first time last weekend for Midwest Monster Fest. And it's, oh, yeah. it's humongous. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, they'll do, they prefer to do any show that's 500 plus, mm-hmm. um, but it, it holds just around 4,000. Wow. Wow. Cool. Yeah. That's which I'm not going to sell 4,000 tickets, but I mean, but there are still tickets available, right? Oh yes, there is. Yeah. Cool. If you go to river city collective band camp. Um, I have ticket links to every single show I got going on right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I have some, some good ones too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So Sam, you've been, um, you know, as I mentioned before, you've been in this scene in various bands, like for years now, 20 plus years at this point, way to make you feel young, huh? Uh, but, uh, so, uh, you know, again, for the people who may not know Sam Kester, uh, would you mind delving a little bit into the history of Sam Kester as, drummer of all these bands and just sort of uh, being in the in the uh midwestern scene around in, this area in the midwestern scene the midwestern keeping scene the, keeping yeah. the scene alive um yeah. <laughs> uh, no so i kind of i started actually the first thing I, I i played bass in a band before anything hmm. um and that was with uh matt parrot at heavyweight mm-hmm. and scott and greg when we did burke Oh yeah, for um, oh, yes. And so you know we had that, and you know, Muscatine. Growing up in Muscatine, with the music scene in Muscatine was—I think you guys can agree with me—was odd. 
Yeah, very. <laughs> like, like, like in terms of like once you got once you got outside of Muscatine and you kind of like saw other music scenes. I'm not necessarily saying it was bad. It was just ran different. Mm-hmm. Very. So it was like I remember like when I finally got out to like the Quad City area and actually got to witness a show in the Quad Cities and it was at Smile Coffee House. Mm-hmm. If I'm not dating myself on that one as well. <laughs> um, but I mean, you got to see all these bands, and I remember that looking at a flyer at a smile, and it was like, and it was a band that was on tour. We mm-hmm. never brought bands that were on tour through Muscatine. No, no. never. It, it was like, I, and it was, I don't know if no one just, no one thought of it, or no one knew how to, or whatever it was, but I mean, for the most part, it was, it was the same five bands. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like at every show, and they all sounded and, completely different from one another. Yeah, too. oh yeah. I mean, it was like you had the, you'd have PCU at a show, and then you had Cisco at a show, and then you had uh, Septic at a show, and then yep. you had all these different varieties. It was like you didn't have a pop punk show; you had a show, right? Yeah. And so, and and periodically you would have, you know, you'd have the you know the same menagerie of the you know the three or four bands at every show, but there'd be there'd be like a different one. Okay, there'd be a different local band on it, or right, and then. I think the first band, I think the first out of town band I ever saw come through Muscatine, I think Kyle Stick brought them, but don't quote mm-hmm. me on that one, um, was a band called Typhoid Mary. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the first time, and I think that was at Minglewood. It was either at Minglewood or it was at the uh, uh, Hearts to Hearts. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. one of those. Yeah, and um, that was the first time I actually got to say, "Oh, you can bring." Like, I, I, <laughs> not, 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 not that I thought they were like barred or anything right. like that. It was like we it, the shows to us were just us hanging out, mm-hmm. and, 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 and you know we never really looked at it much past that. Right. And so once I got up to the Quad Cities and got to see that, okay, I kind of had a taste for that. Um, and then I moved up here, mm-hmm. and then like what I would periodically come and witness was like basically was my surroundings and i i kind of divulged myself heavily into it almost like instantly mm-hmm. and i tried to and then i think that's around the time that we started doing um we did that's when we did fuck fest again mm-hmm. at the armory and then that's when we brought the broadways yeah yeah and i i think that was one of the first times that because me and noah ran that one mm-hmm. and um, I think that was one of the first times that we had a, a slew of out of town bands. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like come through. And it was like, cause we had Guilty as Charged and we had Crop Circles on that one as well. Yep. Crop Circles and, on it. Yeah. And no, and then technically like, Gimby was an out of town band at that time. Oh, yeah. Technically, I guess so. Yes. <laughs> yes. And technically we were a band. <laughs> <laughs> that is true as well. That's very true. You've earned that label. Um, yeah, that's all we were. So that's all we were. Technically, like, what do you do? Technically, I'm in a band. Um, but you know, but no, I was like, growing up, Muscatine was, you know, the music scene was, it, it was, it was enlightening, if, if 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 anything, because there was a lot of things I got to do at Muscatine that I probably wouldn't have found to do anywhere else before yeah. leaving. Um, the Open Goat. Mm-hmm. wouldn't have happened anywhere else no Period. i don't think so. <laughs> and um i still tell people stories of that band <laughs> technically and um <laughs> and like like the look on people's faces is just like 
what? You mean like, you yeah, technically tell a... them stories of the band, or technically you were a band? Oh, no, I mean, I tell them full-on stories. Because, <laughs> yeah, and technically we, a... we were not a band. <laughs> yeah, and, and literally we had no practice spot usually. We just the park. No, um, just go to but... the park and bang on trash. Yeah, yeah nearly okay until the cops also knock it off. I think we even but... started to hide our trash at the park. Do you remember We did. That? Like down I the did, side yeah, of the yeah. hill, <laughs> we like, threw like, like a like, metal slide and some barrels and shit. Yeah, and I was like, "We'll leave it here until next practice." Yeah. Um, and, the th- and actually, Open Goat actually was the precursor to we had a, a, once again technically a band. Mm-hmm. Um, we were precursor to a band we had in the Quad Cities called Chip Tooth and Thrash. Oh, oh yeah, I remember um, them. Which which was. Uh, it was Nate from Fork Knife Spoon on drums. It was Paul on guitar from uh, Cena Citizens and Tonight's uh, Be Heroes and Sine- uh, Sine- Sura. Mm-hmm. Um And then it was literally whoever the fuck wanted to sing. Nice. That day. <laughs> nice. Um, we never practiced. Mm-hmm. They, that, that, that was our thing. We never practiced. <laughs> they wrote they wrote everything on the fly. Uh, I think the last two shows we did from Palm shows. The last two things we did were a, every song title came out of a highlights magazine that Brad had at the back of his car <laughs> that I think he stole from the dentist office. Oh, that's the um, best place to get them. Exactly, I think it's the only place to get them. <laughs> um, so, but no, I mean, I mean, like going through the music scene in Muscatine, it was like I think it gave me uh, just like it made it fun before it made it like work, right? Because yeah. that's all we did. I mean, and that's the only reason why we did it. It was like no, no one was trying to get anything bigger than, well, you know, playing the Hearts to Hearts building. Yeah, like <laughs> why like, would you make a T-shirt just so someone could wear it to the next show and everyone exactly would see yeah. like, them wear it? Like, yeah, you only literally. I don't know. I think it did grow as time went on. Oh, it so did. When I when I first started doing it there were literally three bands in town maybe two yeah yeah and so it was like you just had to have a show it was like well here's these three bands because that's the only three bands and yeah yeah we we uh would have people from wilton you know or maybe maybe davenport every once in a while but no yeah like you said for the most part it was like everyone else could go to the football game or everyone else could go to a party this was like a way for dorky music people to just have a place to hang out and oh yeah and obviously. do something you know and it, I thought that was super fun. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and it's and it's and seriously, it's like it's it's some of my like my favorite memories mm-hmm. in, in life. Like like you said, it was, it was a way for us to kind of hang out and we like, we didn't look at it like work. Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. had practices. Yeah, we did you know whatever. But it was like like you said, like no one made band T-shirts because no. it was like you know we were I mean. <laughs> I don't think, like, you know, bands did recordings, but, I mean, it was, like, how many half-assed recordings on a tape deck did we all do at some point? <laughs> yeah, a lot. You know? yeah. And, it, and then all of a sudden, now it's, like, every, it, it's, like, the landscape as a whole has changed mm-hmm. as in terms of, like, your local music scene. Because it's, like, now, with the way you, with the technology and the way you can get everything out there, mm-hmm. it's, like, no one's really a local band anymore. Right. Right. Yeah, good call. You can eat, like, you can easily do a recording and have it on the other end of the world in you know fifteen seconds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And so, 
there's way there's way more possibilities and there's way more advancement out there for bands than we did but at the same exact time we weren't looking for them. right you know like we we had like much like much of everything in my life has zero expectations right of of, of any of that and i think that's what made it fun for sure and we all earned a lot of uh undeserved um uh, confidence. <laughs> no, but what I mean is like, if you put your music on the internet, the internet has no problem being like, uh, you suck, bro. Oh yeah. And you know, back in the day it was like, well, do you have a band sort of, all right, you're on the bill. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's, and, and the, and the same thing goes for, you know, almost, well, as I'm sitting here talking to you guys, you know, in all honesty, you know, outside of Danny who I've known for so long, if it wasn't for music, mm-hmm. doing music and the musketeer everything, like I probably wouldn't be, I, I, I probably wouldn't know you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, I, I mean, I, I, some, like that was the one thing is like my girlfriend looks at, like, for example, she look at my Facebook friends and it's like, you know, 2000 plus or other. You don't know that many people. I'm like almost, almost all of them mm-hmm. are from music. Oh, yeah. Right. And whether it be someone who I have conversations with on a normal basis or someone who, you know, again, we're just musicians where we, I hooked them up with the show. We just stay in contact, whatever that, those are all connections that I've had through music. Yeah. And yeah. it all started fucking the Muscatine. And yeah. it's, it's hard to say that if, if I would have went another route in my life mm-hmm. that I wouldn't, it, it's hard to say if I'd be as happy because right. I think going through all that, in Muscatine and kind of growing up in that music scene and everything. Like, I mean, I, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. I think also um, one thing that I, I always kind of say that in a way, in a weird sort of way, I feel like we kind of had an advantage coming from a place like Muscatine and, oh yeah, and the reason why I say that is because like, we, like you were saying, Sam, um, the Quad Cities already like, it's safe to say that the people we know from the quad cities that are our age were already being exposed to like other scenes by the time they were like 16 and we really weren't, you know, like, you know, like you said, it was pretty much the same local bands. Uh, but you know, because of the fact that we had so much fun with the music in our scene and because, you know, we were so, I guess, easily pleased compared to like, not to say that, like, not to say that the quad city scene or, yeah, that's almost making it sound like they're jaded or something. But that, that's not what I'm trying well, to say. No, and the, well, no, and I, and I get what you're saying. It's like when you come, when you live in an area, you know, like I'm just going to use, like, let's say Chicago, for example. Right. Like there's so much going on. And yes. you live in an area where, I mean, you're a major concert circuit for almost any touring band mm-hmm. to where a band could come through Chicago and if you don't get them, okay, I'll see them in like in four months when they come back through. Mm-hmm. Yep. And coming from a small town that, you know, it used to be like when I was, when I, when back when I was touring all the time, it was like, we look forward to those small town shows. Mm-hmm. And it's because we knew there ain't nothing else going on in that town. Yeah. And People are going to show up and they're going to show up. Like they're going to yeah, have a good time. Was, you know, exactly. I remember, uh, oh God, was it Fault Lines? Yeah. yeah Fault Lines on tour. And we were played, uh, we ended up hopping on this show. 
actually on the show got booked for us. We had an opening. It was we we're on our way home, and I think we had Lawrence, Kansas, and then we had a day off, and then we had like Des Moines or something like that. Hmm. And there was a kid I contacted like before we left for tour, and he he emailed me and he was like, Hey, did you still need a show? I'm like, well, I needed a show like three weeks ago. <laughs> and, uh, this was like the next day. Hmm. And he wow. just goes, I goes, Oh, well, you know, I can put something together real quick. And, uh, cause he, for whatever reason he couldn't do it before. Now we could. <laughs> and he just goes, well, I can, I can put something together. I'm like, okay, cool. And he put it together literally in like 24 hours. And it was in some small town and like as soon as you crossed over into South Dakota. Hmm. And I couldn't even remember the name of it. But I remember pulling in and we passed the sign that said population like 220. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And so we got there. There was already at least the town was already at the venue. <laughs> and I think a total of like it was like three I think it was like 310 showed up for the show. There was no wow. major act on the show. And so, and it had nothing to do with Fault Lines itself. It had to do with the fact that we were something to go do. Right. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, the people who, the, the, the type of people that are yearning for something so bad are usually music fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you have music fans in this area and there's not a whole lot of stuff that comes through or they have to travel to it for the most part and you bring it to them, they're usually come out in the roads. And yeah. so, so, so not only did we have the whole town there number wise, we, we, we brought people to the town yeah. because, yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, it's like we, we looked and that show was awesome. And I remember we sold like, I don't know how much merch before we even played. No one knew who we were. Right. <laughs> wow. They were just, they, they were just stoked to have a shirt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think growing up in that small town mindset, especially as a musician, I think it, I mean, it really sets you up mm-hmm. um, really, really well for, I think it sets you up for, you know, your, your expectations of what you're getting yourself into and what you expect out of it. And also, um, uh, I know that like when I, uh, when I discovered the scene, like in the quad cities or the scene in the, in Iowa city, it made me appreciate that so much more that, oh, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? It, I was like excited to like find out, like you were saying, Sam, you can actually book out of town bands that are on tour. Oh, yeah. Like this band is from San Diego and they're playing yeah. in Iowa. What? Yeah, They want to come yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just like, yeah. It was like this exciting I, thing that I would try to brag to my friends about, and they'd be like, "Shut up!" You know, they'd yeah, be like, no, "What are you?" Like, <laughs> and, I, and I remember, I think after the first out of—I mean, even though they were Davenport, but I think the first out-of-town band I remember seeing uh, at the Minglewood was Odlid. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, either yeah. Either Odlid or Dale Donuts is one or the other. Hmm. Um, but, but, but same thing. It was like you know, at that point, we did so many shows with the same musketine bands over and over. And I never complained once that it was like, it was like, Oh, it's the same bands. Oh, it's the same. Band. I never complained. I had fun. Yeah. yeah. And, but then you start bringing in like other bands and everything like that. Like, Oh, it was something new. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, it's, it's, it, I, I think it, it really sets you up for a good positive mindset. If you look at it correctly. 
Yeah. Like if you, if you don't jade yourself out or anything like that, there, there, there are certain people who come from a small mindset and they move to a bigger place. And then all of a sudden they're elitist about it. And it's like, yeah. no, it's like, th- th- and there's no reason to be like that. It's, you know, you're, it, it, it's totally fine to be very humble from where you come from. And that's, that's, that, that's what got brought you into this whole scene. anyway. Right. Uh, yeah. Sam, who played that first show that you saw in the quad cities? Do you remember? Um, I know Darling was on it, and it might have been Dale Donuts as well. Okay. Um, if my memory serves me correctly, I'm pretty sure he was. It, they, they were all Quad City bands. Yeah. Eric, do you remember by any chance the first show you went to outside of Muscatine? Let's see. The first show I saw out of Muscatine, I think it might have been House of Large Sizes. Mm. at uncle roscoe's in davenport uncle roscoe's yeah so that's real old but never been there but heard stories about the place oh yeah it was a cool place it was like an old theater like it or a church or some shit like it had a stage and you could tell it was just old but um and you could still smoke so i smoked a bunch of clove cigarettes and acted (laughs) acted super cool um Uh, yeah (laughs) <laughs> but I, I will say that it did sort of blow my mind. Um, House of Large Sizes uh, was and is an amazing band. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And Dave, uh, Dave's vocals and guitar playing and stuff, I think, is super underrated. Like, there's no one that really sounds like that. I mean, oh, no. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I, I really loved them. I fell in love with the idea of then maybe playing other places because i hadn't even really thought of that but then i was like oh snap maybe a band i'm in could play in davenport you know yeah it was yeah. like an epiphany uh, the the world's stupidest <laughs> epiphany oh, we can come up here too like 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 it's a like gang territory right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. well honestly <laughs> i think when things were first starting out in muscatine we just didn't think we we were like why would anyone want to come here and not oh yeah totally. not like we hated muscatine and thought it was shitty even though we did, but <laughs> it, it was like, it was more like, well, hell, we can only have, we can only get three bands to form in this town. Like why would anyone yeah. come in? And so, yeah, it just didn't really, I didn't, I didn't really think about it at the time, but you know, I wish we would have <laughs> for sure. Oh, yeah. It was like, yeah, Oh, well, we could round out our bills by bringing other people in. Oh shit. Oh yeah. So good. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. That, that's the thing now. It's like when I book, when I'm doing shows now, it's, it's like, I, I mean, and I have to find the locals and everything mm-hmm. there, there seems to be right now, there's kind of a, a lull in local bands. Hmm. Yeah. Especially To be honest with you. I mean, I remember, you know, Muscatine and Iowa City are two of those that two of the music scenes that used to thrive at one point. Mm-hmm. I remember in high school, like Danny, how many bands were there going on in high school? Oh man, I was just having this conversation actually um, with a friend of mine. Well, Travis, we both know who that is, um, yeah. or all three of us know who that Wait, is. Who? Uh, we, <laughs> we were just we were having. Uh, I was having the conversation with him, and it seemed like for a good. 10 years and i'm gonna say 
from the year 96 all the way up to like 2006 when Corey started to get involved in the scene with like trendy bastard and his tape label sass baloney there was anywhere between five to ten bands forming Mm. from the muscatine high school like every year like wow there was always a crop of bands like yeah between especially when Corey was involved uh between like 2002 to 2006 there were like several bands and most of them only played like one or two shows and then broke up and then formed yeah. other bands but like it still counts it still counts i yeah. actually credit that a lot of that to like you know Corey and like the whole like sort of aesthetic that he brought like at oh, that yeah. time you know but like you know, uh, you, know, you know the funny thing is it's like with Corey is Corey is probably as long as i've known that kid like he is probably in the truest form of DIY yeah. that I've like I've ever met. And he's between whether we're talking about his artwork or we're talking about, you know, any band he's ever done. Um, I can't even imagine the type of stuff or the offers that Closet Witch gets that they mm-hmm. just stay away from. Yeah. And, and it's like and more credit to him because i mean it's again for someone who's been doing it for a while and you know the 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 financial aspect to it and the like the energy aspect to it the mental aspect to it and to have like these opportunities that could kind of take some of the stress off here but they still decide to keep it on their own terms i i think Mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah it's amazing where do you see like okay you've kind of talked about it a little bit um but where do you see like river city collective going from here or what are your goals for river city collective in the big picture i guess straight up bankrupt um (laughs) (laughs) so you're not going to be getting any of those million dollar deals no um i i've had a few i've had a few offers for i mean bands would hit me up management hit me up and they're like we need this much i'm like absolutely not I'll deal with anything from $100 guarantees to the, the five-figure guarantees if it's within reason. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, if it ever gets to a point to where this is this is so profitable for me and my family that I can do – and I can focus strictly on this, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to watch plastic totes get made. Before <laughs> right. Um, but – if it turns out to something to where it's, um, you know, I'm still kind of doing shows here and there and I'm bringing acts through. And I think more importantly, it's it, when, when I, when I do this and I bring in like, especially the smaller acts, even up to the bigger acts, to be honest with you, is showing these bands who've never heard of the quiet cities, mm-hmm. like, Oh shit, we want to come back. That happened with, uh, Diarda's murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, right before COVID, you know, they're on tour with Cannibal Corpse. Hmm. They're, they're, they're a deathcore band from Australia, for God's sakes. That was murdering. And so I, I, I knew who they were. I was never really, like, I never really listened to or followed them. My son is a fan of theirs. Hmm. And um, if that's telling you what the type of people I'm raising into this world. <laughs> and, uh, but he's like, he was really, really into them. And I saw they're on tour and I, you know, they threw out an offer and they had a day off going from Des Moines to Chicago suburb. Oh, nice. And, yeah. uh, I, 
and I, I threw out an offer and they took it. And obviously it's one thing when you're not from this country, you're not going to know that more hmm. Iowa or whatever, you know, but I, but I ended up booking at Ripco um, in Rock Island and mm-hmm. they loved it and they wanted cool. to come back, wanted to, wow. you know, so, I mean, it's, you know, and then obviously COVID hit and no one was going anywhere. Um, yeah. But we just, I mean, and, and, and I kind of enjoy, I kind of enjoy bringing bands through and kind of, I think it's the same thing when I talk about, like, you know, we go play smaller towns and we look forward to playing smaller towns. When you're a small band playing a small town, it's like, you know, a small town to us is smaller than where we came from. Right. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. when you're a national touring actor, you're a band that tours on a, very constantly and okay you're used to hitting up markets like chicago like you know even des moines in a sense or minneapolis or you know milwaukee or anything like that especially in the midwest area mm-hmm. it's like when you throw out okay davenport iowa and they don't know what it is they're not they're gonna have very low expectations mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i really enjoy kind of blow those expectations out of right sure and and, and, and especially, you know, people show up, um, you know, actually example of this was, um, and this kind of fell into my lap. Um, I got a friend named Aaron. He actually runs uh, Metro concerts out of Des Moines. Hmm. Um, and we've partnered up. Well, basically he's hit me up with, uh, Hey, I, he has a show that they had offered to him, but he has no place in Des Moines to do it. Or he's has too many shows going on in the area. He'll hit me up and we'll move it down here. And then basically we just split the responsibilities, spread profit, all that stuff. And he hit me up. It was right. It was right before, you know, everything was starting to open up. Basically, people mm-hmm. started people started rolling the dice on when stuff was going to open up. Mm-hmm. And so he hit me up in February for an event in June. And this was my first non-musical event. And it was Hell's a Poppin' is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called Hell's a Poppin' and it was a circus uh, sideshow. Yeah, like a freak show, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was, a bit, I mean, but it was like the stage production and everything was very like old school, uh, like, like you said, like freak geek show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, had a skilled archer had you know someone walking across glass you know mm-hmm. a strong man stuff like that <laughs> and um, when it was first thrown to me I was like, like okay sure I, I, I had nothing booked at this time I, I hadn't started booking anything yet mm-hmm. and so I go yeah sure whatever it's not my wheelhouse I go but yeah it's it's something to get stuff open back up get people back to coming to live events and everything and I had no idea that this thing is like huge. Huh. Like they've toured with like Rob Zombie and hmm. like done their stuff on, on, on stages like that. And so I booked them at the Village Theater with with chairs is like 250 people. Hmm. And they they on this tour that they were coming through on like they were playing places that was seven eight hundred people and selling wow. out. And I put them here. And it sold out. I'll turn people away at the door. And I had no idea so many Circus Freak fans were <laughs> in the club. <laughs> and um, I started to turn people away at the door. And like when the show was over with, like 
again, they never heard of the place. Mm-hmm. And they were wanting to come back. And I said, well, you come back, I'll put you in a bigger place now that I know yeah. what you can do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's stuff like that. You know, it's like people who've been on bigger stages and everything like that came to a small town and then wants to come back. Right. Yeah. Like, that's good. That, that's good for my business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, but yeah, uh, I will say side note of the, 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 one of the really coolest things about that whole show was, uh, their tour bus driver mm-hmm. and merch guy is, uh, head of security for Doyle. Oh, huh, wow. <laughs> so, wow. So, so I got to hang out and talk with him most of the night too. So. <laughs> nice. So, got, so to, got, got to hear all the Doyle stories. Oh yeah. All the Doyle stories they got. And he was, and I was like, this is so awesome. <laughs> oh, I was going to ask about, cause we haven't really touched on the river city throwdown yet. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, you had that the last time in, 2019 2018 2019 was the last one that i did right um obviously and then uh covid stopped it and so i didn't do 2020 and then uh stuff started opening up but it was opening up solely i would have started booking like two months before stuff was opening Mm. up Mm -hmm. um my plan is 2022 to come back with it cool um i have plans and I've had conversations with bands and stuff like that. Um, and actually, and actually, doing River City Collective now has opened up my horizons on, broadened my horizons on who I can bring in. For sure. Because, yeah. Right. Which you know, I have absolutely. I I love bringing in regional acts. Mm-hmm. You know, I love bringing in bands from the the Nebraska side, you know, Wisconsin and Minnesota and everything mm-hmm. like that and everything in between. Um, but you know when i'm able to bring in the national acts mm-hmm. it, it helps a lot better especially with the cause as well so right yeah do you want to tell yeah. people what the cause is and how this all came about yeah um so the original uh like the original idea for the throwdown started as uh i think i was talking to Matt and heavyweight mm-hmm. and i just kind of told him that i had this we said well, we should book at this time we were playing cedar rapids a lot and mm-hmm. uh, i mentioned something about we should just do a weekend run like a friday saturday sunday type thing and we'll do a show in des moines we'll do a show in cedar rapids we'll do a show in quad cities or whatever mm-hmm. and um i and i go and basically what we can do is every show we do we'll book we'll, we'll book shows with our friends in the area play the play the show and then whatever money we make we'll donate it to a local charity of wherever we play at okay we mm-hmm. donate to the morning okay and so the first thing I, and i i just kind of sat there and i was like oh uh i didn't really have an idea of a charity at the time mm-hmm. um good friend of mine karma Truett, um works for the Muscleen Domestic Violence Shelter. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember, I, you know, I pitched this idea to Matt and then I didn't really, you know, I kind of sat on it for a couple of weeks and I remember being over at uh, Steve's house. I think we were watching a wrestling game for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, she came home and 
it just kind of dawned on me. Oh, I was like, it's like, like we could do it for the domestic violence shelter for yeah. every area. I, I, I grew up in a house that had some domestic violence in it. Mm-hmm. And so at that point it was like connecting the dots on that one. It was like a no brainer. Right. And, um, so then at first, okay, it's like, I'll book the Muscatine one. And I'm thinking, okay, well, we're in Muscatine. I, I, I wanted to keep it as much of a DIY feel as possible. Mm-hmm. Like I, like I didn't want to just book it like at the, you know, and no offense to them, but I didn't like book it like the brew and right. then just like, okay, here's a show. Um, I kind I kind of want to, I have a tendency to book stuff and then just like do it to keep myself busy. Right. <laughs> so it's right. like, if I did it at the brew, it's like, you're going to see me standing by the door because everything's taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they have stage people, they have bartenders, they have whatever. I'm just going to sit there. And um, if you ever see me at the throwdown, like, you'll see my, I'm just bobbing around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what uh, I just like, I'll say, okay, where in Muscatine can I book it? Blah, blah, blah. And I just started thinking about all the old shows in Muscatine. And it was like, right. I don't think there's been a show at the Red Brick Building in. I don't know how long. And I, and at that time I didn't even know if they even let me rent it out right. for it because, you know, some of us have ruined that for other people. <laughs> and, so, <Yeah. laughs> and so I go, okay. So I, you know, I figured out, okay, parks and rec, uh, went in, I talked to them, mm-hmm. told them what I was doing. And, uh, they're like, Oh no, you can do that. You can do that. I'm like, Oh, okay. And then I remember they go, uh, it cost me a hundred dollars to rent that building for nice. the entire day. Wow. And I go, that's it? And they're like, yeah, yeah, from 9 a.m. to midnight Whoa. for 100 bucks. Wow. And and I go, so either since high school, because I, I can't remember what it cost back then, <laughs> either they dropped their prices drastically or $100 fucking dollars with a lot of money to be back in high school. Uh, yeah, probably a combination of both. Of both, <laughs> yeah. Both. Um, and so... And originally this was started out, it was going to be just a one-off. Mm-hmm. Like I was, and then I was still looking at doing a weekend run. Well, I put so much thought and effort into the one in Muscatine that I just never booked the other ones. And I was like, okay, so we'll do this one. We'll see how it goes. And then we'll look at doing the weekend ones afterwards. Mm-hmm. And uh, did the first one, uh, lots of fun, tons of fun. Um, mm-hmm. And then when the show was over, you know, and it's always great when you have shows and there's no like incidences, like there's no fights, there's right. no awful people to show up. You know, everyone had a good time. And uh, when I got over and done with, I remember cleaning up and we were locking up and I remember driving home and I remember sitting there thinking that it's something that I could do every year. Yeah, and, sure. And, and and then ever since then, it's like so. When I and what they'll do with Parks and Rec will let you book out a year out hmm. uh, from whatever today is. They'll book mm-hmm. it. They'll book their days out. So basically, what I do is I go drop off the keys, and then I just rebook the place right then and there. Oh yeah, makes sense. Nice. And so I just drop the keys off because then so I basically you know so I spent you know I spent the hundred dollars to rent the place. When the show's over, I pay myself back. But then all I do is take the hundred bucks and just go put it down for the next right. year. Nice. So, um, and so then, so then over the years, you know, it just kind of just escalated into what it became. Um, 
it sucks the last few years, you know, this last year and this year is not happening, but I mean, it's that it gives me time to, I mean, especially on a, from a, from a safety standpoint, it needs to happen. Sure. Um, right. But uh, it, it gives me time to kind of really plan out next year's mm-hmm. uh, and kind of come back full force. So Sam, uh, speaking of shows, um, what shows and events are coming up uh, with the river city collective that people need to know about? Besides uh, well, the uh, bomb pops and ha- who else is playing the Hawthorne Heights and bomb pop show? I'm sorry. Um, I have. Um, so we got Hawthorne Heights bomb pops on tour together. Then I have 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, they're out of the Quad Cities. Um, members of uh, well, they were in a band called uh, some of the members were in a band called Sleep Well. Mm. Um, so they're opening that. So 5 a.m. and then Muscatine band Eugene Levy. Oh, yes. yes. That. Um, oh, they're they opening got, that show? Yeah, well, uh, 5 a.m. reopening it, and then Eugene Levy will be doing direct support. To the Eugene Levy is doing a lot of stuff lately. Man. They got a lot of stuff going on. They and do. it's like they, they work really, really hard, and I'm, 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 proud, I'm proud of those guys. I'm glad everything they got going for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, they're, they're, they're workhorses. They're kind of like the only real muscatine identified band right now like i mean at I, this point you yeah, could kind of uh, say closet witch just because Corey and molly live there but they're not really and it's so funny because it's like that's like the running gag that um <laughs> no one really knows where closet where witch they're is from, from except right. for like people <laughs> like me who know them personally <laughs> yeah and it's like because it's so funny because like, I'll, I'll see them on like there'll be posts that be like iowa city zone and like they're not from iowa city but yeah the, the easiest thing with them is just say they're from iowa but yeah uh, eugene levy is pretty much the only like real muscle like, team band said, and, right they, and they and they're, they're workhorses man um yeah. so i got that show the, the hearthorn Heights show that's on uh september 16th the same day as that show because i'm stupid enough to book my own competition <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh this that same day at sky Skylark in Rock Island, I have By the Thousands and Hive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I booked that. They're friends of mine. They're on tour. They needed the show. And uh, whoever's going to see By the Thousands is not going to go see Hawthorne Heights. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't really work out that way. Right. And so I got them at Skylark. Um, and then October 7th, I got the New Age Filth Tour, which is with Hail the Sun, Kirk Travis, uh, Kieran Ashy, and Body Thief. Um, local act for that one is a band called uh, Bouquet, mm-hmm. which is uh, members from the band um, Avoid that were from Central Iowa. Yeah, I remember. Um, that. Yeah, if you if you haven't heard that band yet, like they have stuff up on YouTube and Spotify. It's, it's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. Um, then on the 16th of October, uh, Victims uh, is coming back through, and that's actually Doppelganger. They're a, they're an instrumental metal band from the Quad Cities. Um, they, uh, they release an album during the pandemic and there's actually like their first show with it. Mm -hmm. Um, as well as common choir is on that show and, and pit Lord. Oh, pit Lord. They're fun. Um, and then I just announced last week, uh, enterprise earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got them on October's 10th. Um, that's also with rig time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then on the 20, uh, 27th of October, I got Last One Seconds of Life, Filth, Falsifier, Weeping Wound and Portals. Uh, October 29th at Rimco, I got uh, A Light Divided, The Almas, and Heavyweight. Mm-hmm. And then I just announced last week as well, uh, in December, I got Model Life is War. Nice. With, oh, yeah, uh, that's going to be a really sweet show. Yeah, I got them in Closet Witch. Um, Spectral Snake is playing that too, aren't they? Spectral Snake's on that. Well, yeah, um, so opening band will be a band called God War. They're a hardcore mm-hmm. band from Watch Cities. Um, Closet Witch, we know who that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spectral Snake, that's Brooks Band, but you know that. Yep. Um, and then Desperate Acts, I never heard until they're touring with uh, My Life is War. Um, never heard them, check them out. Uh, really good, kind of like along the lines of like if the Lawrence Arms was a little bit edgier. Okay. So, um, and then, so yeah, I mean, that's pretty much got everything booked. I got some other things that are, uh, that I got offers out and I got things that, uh, kind of working on, but nothing's been set up solid yet. So, cool. Um, I said, we'll just. When stuff comes out, I mean, it'll be posted, but I mean, you can follow River City Collective on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Then if you want to follow some Bandcamp, anything that gets announced on Bandcamp, you'll get notifications as well. And the Bandcamp is how you will get tickets, correct? Yes. So every, so every single uh, event page that I make on Facebook, the ticket link will take you to the, the Bandcamp Gotcha. Page. Cool. Uh, but if, if they want to look directly for... Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bandcamp page. It's River City Collective RCC dot Bandcamp dot com. Nice. Okay. Cool. Um, lots of good stuff coming. Yeah. Um, well, Sam, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah. Thanks so oh, much. Thank you for having me. And uh, as usual, uh, you can follow Accelerative Thrust on Facebook and Instagram. You can, you know, email us with comments concerns Ooh. hate food yeah. did you say food i said ooh, but hate food sounds pretty oh. good <laughs> well no i thought i thought you said email i'm gonna us. hate eat this burrito right here <laughs> <laughs> i thought you said email us with food yeah if you want to email me some food <laughs> That's all right. yeah that would be great <laughs> i'll use my um my 3d printer <laughs> to get you, a piece of pie. yeah some a burger plastic burger do you think it's going to get to that point where we can actually download a meal yeah god i hope so <laughs> yeah i think yeah, i'm just gonna so answer great. yes i do think all right well, happen. well yeah, yeah it'll, it'll, happen. it'll happen yeah something something strange is gonna happen I mean, all, all these things that we thought were never going to happen happened and yeah. there's got to be more out there you know no i need to just be able to download some fish and chips right into my mouth (laughs) that sounds delicious that's what i need in my life do you like it yes do you like it with tartar sauce eric yeah and vinegar vinegar yeah malt vinegar can't go wrong with that (laughs) sam says no no. Sam, what, what would you download, Sam? <laughs> Into your mouth. Would I download? Yeah, what would you, what, what food would you, what meal yeah, would you download? Uh, well, the, the, the fine people at Burrito Factory. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. They're good. They're good. I'm going to change right. my answer to a maple long john. 
Oh. They, oh. Just, I, I just thought it'd be easiest to download into my mouth. <laughs> Cool, cool. So now you're looking for convenience and less data. Right. I don't want to have to chew all fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> so I, if I wanted, wanted to, to work s- out, I'd go to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to go oh. into my mouth, swallow it like a snake. Yeah. <laughs> just chew it with your throat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I can't even give an answer. <laughs> Uh, those you both just have me beat right there, man. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'll, maybe I'll just send just a maybe long gone to maybe you. like a low carb taco. <laughs> <laughs> so just the meat. Yeah, just the meat. That's it, mm. folks. Wow. Uh, when you email us about this episode, uh, tell us what meal you would download. In and, your uh, mouth. While you're doing in your mouth, like a maple long john. Directly. Um, Yes. Directly in your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, also have a good week. Oh, shit. That was it. We're done. That it. Yeah, that was such an abrupt ending, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, I and just, also goodbye. I just figured I was just, I, I was just going to go for it this time. You know? I liked it. I'm sorry I ruined it. <laughs> you know, like, I just decided not to wait. Enough you know? of this fucking bullshit. <laughs> Click. I mean, I really want to hear people. I actually genuinely want to hear people say what kind of uh, meal they're going to download. Yeah, very but that's it. But no yeah, more conversation. Yep, no more conversation. <laughs> exactly. That sounds good Wonderful. to me. Like, like the look on people's faces is just like, like what?